Welcome to this episode of Radio Free for Professional Wrestling. We are coming to you after the Great American Bash, and I'm here with one angry Brit as we're going to discuss this pay-per-view as I kind of forced him to watch this a little bit of it. David, I'm sorry, but a job's a job. How are you doing? Hey, mate. It's almost like eight, two weeks in a row. You know, what's going on? Yeah, you did. Great American Bash. Had some misnomer for a start. I mean, Gallus were robbed. I mean, you know, British Tag Team Champ World Champions are the norm now. You know, Subculture will be over to NXT next, who uh, took over the job. But yeah, very poor on NXT's behalf. Well, let's just go ahead and give a quick review of the Great American Bash. David, I want to tell you there's probably three matches that you need to go see. We're going to disagree about one match. Okay, David, I'm going to the main card to start here. The first match that we got, it wasn't the North American title match. Usually with these NXT slash takeover events, you always get the North American title to be your opener. They decided to go with the NXT tag team title match as the opener. As we saw your boys, Gallus, Gallus boys on top versus the team of Tony D'Angelo and Channing Chase Stack. And David, unfortunately for you, my friend, Gallus is no longer top boys on top. The only hope I've got here, Sean, is it means that they're moving Gallus up to the main roster. Tony D'Angelo and Stack. Great name. Doesn't matter whether they can wrestle or not, they've got a dumb name. You know, David, uh, Channing and Tony D'Angelo, they came in at the early point of the NST 2.0 era, and I feel like a lot of people kind of slept on them. They were like, oh, they're not the black and gold brand wrestlers. And I was one of them. I was like, why are we seeing this like gangster character on our TV in 2022-ish? But you know what? Over the course of a year or so, they kind of have won me over. I mean, I do like Gallus. Don't get me wrong. Gallus is a good tag team. I wanted to see them on the main roster. I feel like Gallus could improve the quality of either Raw or SmackDown tag division. And we have a certain friend who's really, really happy that somebody won a title last night. And I could hear her all the way from Orlando. You do pick your moment. But anyway, congratulations to the new NSC Tag Team Champions. Let's move on to the next match on the card. As we saw Ross and Perez versus one of our favorites. And Barrett Davenport. And it was a weapons wild match. David, this is one you need to go back and watch again. I know B Priestley is our favorite. Unfortunately, she didn't carry today. Roxanne Perez got the victory in Texas. And right there, I was thinking, oh, she's in her home state. Blair Davenport should win this match. Yeah. I mean, normally the, the, the rule of thumb of the WWE is if they're a homer, they certainly don't win. Um, I, I don't understand the booking, Sean. I really don't. And it's, it's why people fall out of love with NXT. We discussed it last week when the stars go up, they almost wipe out the NXT career because no one watches it or no one listens to it. And I don't know, it's, it's, I, I found this really, really disappointing. Um, I was hoping this was going to be Blair Davenport's Priestley, whoever you want to you know, go with it. I don't mind the name Blair Davenport, I'll be honest. I think there's worse names that wrestlers have had changed. Um, but no, I can't... I will because I normally take your opinion as I will go back and watch this again, but I was really disappointed. Well, you know, I lost a poll right after this match asking should Blair Downport go to the main roster. I had one response back to me going like, it would be a good idea, but I don't trust the people who run the main roster to do Blair Downport right. And like 67% of who voted said no, keep her in NXT because I feel like that's the place they'll use her properly. Yeah, but they don't use anyone properly in NXT. They had a natural, natural star in Bron Breaker. And 
they managed to turn everyone off it. You know, um, I don't know. It's not for me. Um, not for me. And then this match wasn't. But I will watch it again because of, because I love you. Okay, here's the match we can all skip. It's Gable Stevenson versus Baron Corbin. It basically ended in, in a no contest. Baron Corbin comes out with a brand new package for his entrance video is a ship burning down as he's burning the ship going into battle. And the end is in a no contest and the fans are chinny BS. That is a very bad debut for Gable Stevenson, who I thought was going to be their new slash Kurt Angle. Yeah. If you watch a couple episodes of NSC that he's been on, this dude can suplex anybody, and it looks awesome. And I know there's a lot of baggage, and maybe the WWE just want to push him that hard right now. And his brother, David Kemp, I personally think better than Gable Stevenson. This match should never been on this card. No, there's two or three matches that shouldn't have even been on television. We we, we moan at AEW for it. Um, and they, they, they have a lot to answer for the things that they shouldn't put on telly. But this pay-per-view, it, it was either okay or it stopped. And there's no two ways about it. Okay, so our next match is actually the North American Triple Threat match. It's Dirty Dom Mysterio versus Wesley versus Mustafa Ali. This is a match you need to go see. It's a typical good triple threat North American title match. It's just the fact that they put the right people in the North American division. They always have solid matches. And Dominic Mysterio wins this match by kind of like a devious way. Mustafa Ali hits a 450 splash on Wesley. After the fact that Wesley gets laid out with a title belt shot from Dominic Mysterio. Then Mysterio hits one of the beautiful crossbusters you'll ever see and he gets the victory so Dominic Mysterio is still your North American champion for me yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more and I've got no problem with any of this Dom should have won she's come down for the main roster yeah all right Mustafa Ali had, had a lot of titty when they go to um Saudi um but yeah no and I also quite like the bit there's this one piece that the dive from Wesley I'm not a big dive fan you know that but then um he stuck the landing and he was mauled by Rhea who wouldn't want to be mauled by Rhea uh, on the side of the uh, on the side of the apron love that you know David he stuck that landing and he just walked off from that landing like <laughs> I can do this all the time and I was like man that was like great freaking spots and I love Rhea Ripley and Rhea Ripley being there to help Dom as you say cheat to go over but wins the match as he should um yeah they, they did that right oh her facial reactions and this her reactions during this match is worth watching this match again because she goes from calm to like insane in about 30 seconds as Dominic Mysterio is trying to pin Wesley and Wesley's kicking out of everything and she's going like what the beep what do we need to do here we the only thing is, and I love Rita Betts, but she had a little bit too much involvement in it. And it's almost like they should turn around and say, look, you, you know, you, you go take these two on in a triple threat match and win the belt. Or, you know, or something like that. Or if Dom loses it, then she doesn't wins it back for them. You know, uh, it, she's more than capable of, you know, of holding her own and, and say, Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley, I like, I like a lot. Okay, David, that's a fair criticism about this match. She did have a lot of involvement in this match. Oh, hey, she did a riptide with Wesley into a announcer table. I feel like that should have been her one highlight spot in this match. And then the referee gets her out of the match. Yeah, 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 great, mate. But hey, you know, well, that, that's that's a minor quibble, sure, to be fair. Yes, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm grasping out straws here about this match. This match is really, really good. Yeah, no, I, this, uh, to be honest, this rivaled the main event. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, so I'm going to go to the semi-main event. It's Tiffany Stratton, who's quickly becoming one of the best female wrestlers in the NST division. She's quickly improved over the 12 months she's been down there. Unfortunately, she was in a match with Fia Hill and 
I like the character of Via Hill, but there's some scary spots in this match, and I felt like Tiffany might have got her bell wrong once or twice. There was a couple of controversial spots where I think they got it wrong. As in, as in they just got it wrong, you know, um, with the tapping out, allegedly. I don't know, mate. I didn't like this. Didn't like this at all. I thought this was poor. The crowd, the crowd didn't like it, but that's all right. Upsetting an NXT crowd is hardly, hardly criminal. But yeah, no, I didn't like it at all. You know what hurt this match, I think, was the fact that they said, oh, there's no disqualifications in a submission match. So they couldn't do the rope break. I'm like, that's a part of the drama here. It should be, the rope break should be allowed because then all you can really do is like, do you give up? Do you tap out? Do you give up? Do you tap out? And that's freaking boring. And you see in this match, both ladies are crawling to the rope trying to get that rope break and we just learned that oh that doesn't work anyway we'll move on to the main event the main event saved this card to me this card was basically a three-match show david wants to say it's a two-match show and i can see his point about it being a two-match show it's carmela hayes versus everybody's favorite russian Ilya dragunov i love this apart from the result i just want to see dragunov over because I've, I've obviously got a fun spot for Ilya through the progress days and through the, uh, indi- the UK Indies where he's done the rounds. Um, always got a soft spot for him puts on this show. And this was contrasting styles, I felt sure. You know, you get this cocky Carmelo Hayes character coming out to probably his biggest challenge to date as a babyface as he's facing off against the former NXT UK champion Ilya Dragunov. And it takes a lot of effort on Hayes' part to carry today. There's a moment in the match where even Carmelo Hayes is doubting that he can beat Dragunov, and Trick Williams grabs the title, goes over to Carmelo, and goes like, this is what you're fighting for. Are you worthy to have this title, or are you not worthy of this title? You need to get your butt in gear here to finish this match. And then at that point, Dragunov comes around, nails Trick Williams with the Torpedo Moscow, takes Trick Williams out of the match, and I love the fact that Trick didn't get involved in this match, it was basically a one-on-one matchup here between Dragunov and Carmelo Hayes. And Hayes hits his leg drop from the top rope to win the match. Perfectly good match. It gives Carmelo Hayes yet another victory. And I'm leaving this card going like, he needs to move up to the main roster. And this is why I thought maybe Dragunov wins and they could bump him up to like SmackDown. Unfortunately, I never expected Ilya to win. But you're right, it was a decent main event. It was a decent event because of the people in it. I've got no issue with Kamala Hayes. I've got no issue with Ilya Dragunov, but they shouldn't be in LXT, neither of them. Debbie, you're right. I mean, if they didn't have NXT on USA Network, I would agree with you. We can't take everybody from NXT and put them onto Raw or SmackDown because you still got this two hours of TV you got to do on Tuesdays. But these guys can put in a banger of a match no matter where they're at. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're, they're both decent styles. I, I like the contrasting styles. As I say, I'm always going to whinge about the result because um, I always want Europeans or Brits over. Um, that's just my nuance and I'm allowed it. But yeah, no, hey, this was a decent way of but it, it certainly, I tell you what, if I'd have bought it, I would not have been a happy bear. David, I'm going to update everybody on the great SummerSlam match tournament as we and Six Win Media are putting this together. We're down to the Elite Eight. We're moving into the Final Four today on the show. And David, I want to tell you who's the Final Four. So we had our Elite Eight matchup. It was Owen Hart versus Bret Hart, the Steel Cage match versus the first ever Tag Team TLC match from SummerSlam 2000. Who do you think won this matchup? I've got to take the uh, the TLC match, the Dudley's uh, Hardys and um, 
That's a question, sorry. Debbie, you're one for one as Tag Team TLC 2000 carries the day 67% to 33% over the Battle of the Two Hearts inside a steel cage. I was thinking this would be a little bit closer, but that match moves into the final four on the six win media reason side. Their other matchup, I think you'll like this a little bit more, is Austin versus Taker 1998, and they put that matchup against Daniel Bryan versus John Cena from 2013, as that was the beginning of the B-plus player slash Daniel Bryan versus the authority. David, which match do you think won that matchup? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I must have versus Taker. David, you're two for two, as 82% of those voted, voted Austin versus Taker 1998, and I agree, it's one of the best SummerSlam matches out there. Now, David, we move to the real free professional wrestling side of the bracket, as my first Elite 8 matchup was the Boiler Room Brawl versus CM Punk versus John Cena from 2013. That is the match that ends the summer of the punk, and it leads onto a very lackluster CM Punk versus Triple H versus Kevin Nash feud. Which one do you think won that one? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Punk Cena. David, you are three for three as CM Punk versus John Cena 2013 handily defeats Boiler Room Brawl 62% to 38%. Now, David, have you had your drink? Are you calm? You're not going to get mad about the next match, are you? Yeah, possibly. Okay, so my other Elite Eight matchup is Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog from 1992. Probably one of the greatest SummerSlam matches ever, and maybe one of the greatest professional wrestling matches ever, and it's first the unsanctioned match between HBK and Triple H from 2002. David, who won this one? Surely that's rhetorical. You, you, even your introduction to it, you've answered it. Um, it's going to be 1992's The Intercontinental Challenge, if not. I'm sorry to inform you, David, but HBK versus Triple H from 2002 handily defeated the main event from Winning the Stadium, SummerSlam 1992. No, I like that. Oh, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Recount it. No, no, there's trap back here. How? Why? I mean, what? Seriously, in all, all God's honesty. David, it was 4-1. to one. It's 80% for the unsanctioned match to 20% for Brett versus Bulldog. David, the only reason I think that might have happened was this the recent bias between the two matches. And since it's been 30 years since Brett versus Bulldog. But honestly, I was thinking, oh, this is an easy way for this to advance to the next round to the Lisa Final Four. But it gets tossed here at the Elite Eight level. The thing is, Sean, right, is half the time, and this is happens, I had this little rant last week, we're dealing with children as podcasters who don't remember good wrestling. You know, they don't remember Flair Steamboat, they don't remember the rock and roll versus the midnight age break. I, I despair, Sean, I, I do. You children, sort your life out. You know who you are. Okay, so after you listen to our podcast today, go over to Radio Free Professional Wrestling. The final four will be up. You have 24 hours to vote for it. I'll come back on probably Thursday with the results of the whole thing as I preview SummerSlam for you guys. And we'll see if maybe just maybe one of the other matches that David enjoys can carry today. And he can get over the fact that the best match ever didn't carry to the final four. I don't know whether it's the best match ever, but it's certainly one of the finest wrestling matches ever of the last 40 years. And and not anyone who argues with that wants to go and find another hobby. David, I was just shocked that it was that far apart. I was, I was I think it, Yeah, I, I'm not blaming you, Sean. I'm not blaming you at all. Well, we're going to go on to our next segment. We're going to do the Sunday Six Questions, as David has given me some talk to talk about this week. <laughs> Time for the stunning six question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. 
And David, let's go ahead and we'll start at the first stunning question. As one of our favorite promotions, Progress is in the middle of changing streaming services as PivotShare is closing down at the end of August. You can't subscribe to their service right now as the date of our recording. They have unsubscribed all the progress on-demand viewers they have at the moment. And let's just say this was far from mutual between progress and PivotShare. Mm. But if you look at the progress statement um, of moving forward, it's interesting to see, and they've obviously had issues with them for a, a long while. I, I've got to be honest, with the way PivotShare put up their shows, I wouldn't be happy with it as a company. But at one point, I had a subscription to RevPro, CCW, Progress, and pressed another one anyway. I had four through them. And the way they did it was really, really poor. But it was the only way you could get to see the shows if you didn't go and attend. So they had a bit of a, a monopoly. It would be interesting to see what progress come up with because progress now, you look at now, whether 1PW are going to carry on, they will fulfill their October shows because rumours are very, very strong that they've done it again, shall we say, because they, they, they've gone on to fight. Um, I honestly think the best deal progress we go on Fight TV. I really, really do. ICW are on there now, even though their numbers are dwindling a little bit. They're not stupid. Fight will put on good quality wrestling. And progress, as we both know, is good quality wrestling. So for me, this streaming service is going to be blooming good. David, I would go that direction. If I was progress, I would team up with Fight TV. Why create your own streaming service when you have one that's already up and running in Fight TV? And I feel like you could put that with like Fight, Fight TV Plus and be, oh, hey, look, here's another great federation you get to watch wrestling from. Now, my thing, reading this statement from Progress Wrestling is, I feel like they're going with their own streaming service, as they're going to call it, like Progress Plus or Progress On Demand, and they're looking to bring other promotions into their streaming service. So, one thing I want Progress to do, if they're going down this road to making their own thing, I want to have the ability, as a North American viewer of Progress, to watch the events live. Yes, yeah, I agree. Even if you have to pay a separate fee for it, you know, I've got no problem with that. I mean, my Fight TV account is, you know, is, is working nicely, although I do watch some cat on it as well. I've got to be honest, but it does me well. And yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that, I don't know whether they're worried would it affect attendance numbers. I don't see how, because they're, they're probably selling reasonably well. But yeah, I think that's a really good point. David, there's been weeks where I want to talk about progress on this show, and I can't because it's not up here in North America yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that has been a problem of Pivot Share. They'll have a show on a Sunday evening or tea time over here in the UK, and then you've got to wait two weeks for it. And Progress are already at, you know, furthering their storylines to the next show, which obviously they're going to do. It's, you know, right and proper. And you're thinking, well, hang on, I haven't seen this yet. You're talking about something I haven't seen. Come And yet I pay for it. You know, this makes a lot of sense now, as I have noticed that Pivot Share's customer service and support has been I'm going to be very kind here. I won't say it's lacking because I have had a few issues with my account being able to change the password and that kind of thing over the last couple of months to a point where I haven't seen Super Strong Style 16 yet. Now I'm going to wait till this new service comes up. I'm going to resubscribe. If you are a progress on demand viewer, you're going to get booted out of payment share on August the 1st. You're going to have a re-sign up for progress on demand and new service here when it launches mid-August, okay? And we'll have that information as soon as it comes available on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Now, one interesting point from what you just said, Sean, 
You said you haven't watched Super Strong Style 16 yet. I mean, I want to, but it's like... Yeah, but you get to a point, you get so far to a point, you're like, you know what, I'm not going to bother now, because it's so far, it was about three months ago, and they've moved on. Let's hope for an improved service. Let's leave it at that. Exactly. Okay, David, we're going over to our second stunning question. I'm going to go back and give you a chance to talk about the possibility of a matchup between Will Ospreay and, and Chris Jericho. Me and Ashley talked about this on the weekend edition of Ray Free for Pressure Wrestling. And I'm pretty sure you found that we're both in full support of this match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, ironically, you two kept me up late last night listening to this, so I got so I was right for today. Um, it's the curse of Jericho. It, it really is. It's you've got the biggest star, indie star, if you like, depending on how you want to define it, in modern wrestling in his home country. Wembley Stadium is about 60 miles from where he was born, and you're putting him in with Chris Jericho. No. You've got natural feuds with Omega. You know, he didn't put him in a three-month... But, you know, bring bring um, the United Empire over and have him... Have him, have him in, but no, 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 no. Allegedly, it's for the North American title. Um, great. Obviously, Osprey's going to go over, but Jericho gets the rub. Again, off the biggest star in world wrestling at the time. He's very clever. You cannot say he's not. But someone needs to stand up to him and say, no, we have a better program by doing this. This, you know, I'd love to see, just as an aside, it won't happen, but I think they'll both be on the card. I'd love to see Will and Zach Sabre Jr. against Kenny and Okada. How about that? Ooh, David, that is a very interesting match. And I agree with you. I don't think that's going to happen. It'd be fun if it did. Anyway, that's my sole comment. Well, honestly, me and Ashley's thought behind this was the fact that we didn't want to do Osprey versus Omega 3 just yet because Will just won the belt back earlier this summer. Yeah, that's fair. And I got a feeling that these are for wrestling going like, hey, we gave you the second match. We kind of want to save this one for Wrestle Kingdom just in case Will doesn't go after Sonata. Yep, again, fair. Again, fair. And oh, hi, New Japan for wrestling. If Will Ospreay does not win the G1, I'm going to give you the biggest round of your life coming up, buddy. Yeah, again, again, totally concur. But there are other people. Do you know what? Ospreay, Darby Allen. Ospreay, Ricky Stark. How about this one, David? Ospreay versus Daniel Garcia or Sammy Guevara? Or if he's fit, if he's fit, ultra dream match, Ospreay versus Brian Danielson. <laughs> oh God, I mean, I don't know if Dan- if Brian would be back in time for this one, but but we need that dream match somewhere down the road while Danielson is actually wrestling. You know, this is what I mean with regards to Jericho, uh, Sean. He's, he, he has a habit of doing it. He did it with Orange Cassidy when Orange Cassidy was at his hottest in AEW. You know, and, and there's an inside the ropes clip clip doing the rounds at the moment about how when Jericho first saw him, he thought he was a clown because of the comedy routine. And then all of a sudden he realised that Orange was getting over, so he latched himself onto it. He almost freely men in this. This is, this is a, uh, there's an inside, go check it out, guys, on YouTube. Inside the ropes, the lovely Kenny McIntyre, really good, really good journalist. And there's a clip from Jericho's latest tour on with Inside the Rope. And he talks about seeing Orange for the first time and thinking, you know, what the hell's this? Then realised he was getting over, so that's done to it. David, let's go to our third setting question here. As we're basically booking all in for Tony Khan, we haven't really seen any progression towards 
all in. And David, we're literally 26 days away from this event. That's the mix. However, um, and I think it was it made the point, I think it might have been Jake State made a really, really good point. You can sell nearly 80,000 tickets without announcing the match. You know, keep them in suspense. But you want someone to get excited, right? You want someone to, to wet the whistle. And knowing the way Tony has shown a penchant for just chucking people together, it, it's now starting to get worrying. David, I feel like we're going to go until the very end of August. And on that dynamite right before All In, we're going to get Escobar going blah, 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 like for a solid two minutes as he literally runs down the full card as that's the point when they'll have the full card ready for consumption. Yeah, I don't mean, I, it, I, I really, really, hope. I mean, you know, you, I want to see MGF defend the title in the UK. I'm not bothered whether he, you know, whether he retains or not. I'm not desperate for a title change just because it's a huge show. But I want to see MGF defend the title. I want to see, you know, maybe against Adam Cole, ironically, they might build to that after what happened with Collision. But, you know, they showed no sign of a split in Collision on, uh, this weekend. So, again, time is running out. You know, um, Punk, uh, you know, that Dream Tag Team match that everyone was on about, Punk, FTR versus the School Children and Hangnail Pay. You know, in fairness, the Dream matches, whether we like it or not, whether we like the characters or not, and what's going on in the past. You announced that, Triple Threat, you, you announced that trios of Punk, FTR versus The Bucks and Page, right? I guarantee you they, they actually sell that 3,500 tickets. They want to make it the biggest selling all-time event in wrestling. You know, David, you're right. And at the time of recording, they're up to about 77,000 tickets sold for this event without a match. Now, the person credited for the, uh, the statement you made were you know what? They sold all these tickets about any matches being announced and just keep them in the suspense. That was Bully Ray from Busted Open Radio. He said it over the weekend. Yeah. And I kind of agree with it, except for one simple fact that uh, Chris Van Beek brought up on Sunday night's main event this past Sunday as he was talking about the pay-per-view buys. You need a couple of matches to bring the pay-per-view money in for this event because you want people to watch this. And like Chris Van Beek said, you're not going to get a lot of buys if you have person X versus person X in match X over, 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 over. you like, why am I spending my 50 bucks? Like we said on this weekend's Radio Free Professional Wrestling, me and Astro are going like, hi, Tony Khan. We have this bucket of money that we want to give you for this event. Can we figure out how to do this? And the thing is, right, as well, there's a bigger picture. Everything that you've just said is right. Sorry, I forgot it's Bully Ray, not Jake. I don't know where I got Jake from. It was Bully Ray. But if he then goes around and cocks this show up, now, bear in mind, the UK crowd of nearly 80,000 as we stand will do their best to not let it fail. Because you know what? Look at look at um, the money in the bank, the crowd with the stars of money in the bank. And I know I'll go on about this, so I'm sorry it'd be boring. But if they cock this booking up, and then when they come back, the English folk will remember. They'll remember, hang on, I'm not going this year unless you announce me some quality. Exactly, David. I do believe we need to see part of this card announced and I got a feeling Tony Khan's going to do this probably towards the end or middle of August where we'll get finally get the card. And I think it'll be a couple of weeks yet before we get anything. Yeah, I got a feeling too because, I mean, I want to know this for the heck. I want to plan this out and make sure I get the money to cover this because, oh, hi, seven days later, it's all out. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's the thing. They're asking for people to part with a lot of money, uh, um, you know, two consecutive shows. And both, don't get me wrong, both, you know, All In promises to be a belter if nothing else for the crowd. And All Out is normally their show of the year. It's their mania for me. 
You know, it's funny you say that because that is kind of technically our anniversary event is all out. And I always make the joke that, oh, hey, we were watching the, was it the 2019 version of it? Or No, take it back. It was a 2020 all out card that we were watching like live as we we're chatting indies and you didn't like it. And I thought you were a crazy idiot. And here we are three years later. <laughs> well, it's nice to see. You've got plenty of replacements for me lined up. That's Ashley, Ashley's a very good standing, and she stamps up prettier than I am as well. Okay, so we're moving on to our fifth standing question. Now, this standing question came from our Facebook group, and one gray Father Fatum, I'll give him credit, Father Fatum, as he wanted to know, were you shocked or stunned that Team Better Than You Baby did not win the titles, and Tony Khan didn't pull the trigger on one of the hottest acts of the summer and give the titles to them instead of FTR from this past Saturday night's collision? Now, yeah, this is interesting. Um, I mean, good old Greg, Greg, hope you're well, mate. There's two, two schools of thought here. I've been surprised at the vitriol that's been thrown at this, the ending of this match, Sean. I honestly thought it was the right ending. And the only thing is, I wouldn't have had MJF pinned. I would have had Cole pinned, but MJF spoke by accident to start the tease of the dissension. That's how I would have gone about it. Does that make sense if I put that over how I mean? David, that makes a lot of sense, especially that they had this hanging Chad after the pin where there was like another, what, two to three minutes where it, they were in the ring and they were basically, FTR was celebrating and then you see MJF with the title thinking about, oh, we'll hit Adam Cole and nothing happens. I was thinking, okay, what's going to happen? Is there something going to run in? Something's going to happen here? And they go to black and there's nothing. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, okay, that's a fair point. Um... But no, the result for me was, was perfectly acceptable. Um, FTR, I don't want to see FTR lose the belts yet, but obviously you've got two major stars who are eventually going to feud. You know, it, it's what it is to me, and I'm, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with everything that went on. Okay, so I'm 48 hours removed from watching that match, and now I got a feeling that it's better for the established tag team to keep their titles, because FTR literally won these from the Gun Brothers back in May, if my memory serves me correct. And I really don't want to see FDR have a short title rank, and they should be able to defeat two put-together people in a makeshift tag team, even though those two people are two dang good wrestlers. The proper tag team should win. Yes, yeah, agreed, agreed. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it is what it is. So, you know, no, I'm good with it, I'm good with it. To be fair, I'm good with what happened. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I, I, I look back at it, and I can't see the first of what's gone on here. You know, I noticed that, you know, people are moaning about the ending. Yeah, no, I am. I'm all right with it. I mean, it was a fine ending, and I'm with you, David. I may not want to pin while world champion for the first time since, oh, hey, he won the title, unless I get some money from people at a pay-per-view. I would have saved that pin for a pay-per-view. Yeah, I agree, mate. Yeah, as I say, the difference I would have done, I would not um, have had MJF pin, I would have Cole pin, but it be accidentally MJF's fault. Yeah, because, I mean, it fits into this storyline as we getting to see this baby face MJF come out of his shell. He's almost there to be really good, and he screws up and causes the title to his team. Yeah. Because, I mean, after the match was over, you see him sitting in the corner, and he's just beating himself up because he's like, hey, I caused this for us. And Adam Cole comes over and goes like, no, we lost together. Then Adam Cole says, I love you, man. I wonder what Britt Baker thinks about that. Yeah, 
I don't think Brett threatened some out. I think Roddy Roderick's threatened more than Brett. See, it's the one thing we haven't seen yet, and that me and Ashley both want this confrontation to happen, where Britt Baker comes into a room with them there and goes like, you got to choose, Adam, me or this idiot. Yeah, um, I, I can't see that happening, to be fair. <laughs> well, yeah, true. I mean, like, that's what's me actually booking here, but, you know, the same. Okay, David, while we're on this AEW collision question, let's go talk about AEW Dynamite versus AEW Collision. David, you can tell there's two different styles of presentation between the two shows, and I enjoy it for one. Wait, I, I can't get over the, 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 the... You wouldn't think it was the same company producing the same two shows. You really, really wouldn't. They're just so different. And is that because all the talent's on one side? Not necessarily. You know, um, all right. I don't, they've both got dirt. I mean, you look at the women's... The woman's match on collision this week between Kira Hogan and Mercedes Martinez. That was awful. I mean, truly awful. But because the rest of the show was so good, it got a pass. Do you know what I mean? You know, they had some good main events. The the interaction between Punk and Starks, I, I really, really enjoyed. I like the fact that they're graying the areas that you don't know really who's going to be a heel and baby face. They're almost like making the audience cheers. You know, you're going to like your favourite. You're going to support your favourite. Now, if it happens to be both, if it happens to be Starks, they're both doing heel and baby face stuff. Um, but I like the I, I like the old WCW style of um, spray painting the tile. That was your WCW for me. I don't. I mean, you must have you must have got off on that. I mean, with your history of that company, I I, I thought it was all right. And I like. Well, oh, the only thing is, I wish I don't, and I don't know what. When anyone declares himself the real world's champion, I go over to where Flair first joined WWF and would come out to Hogan and announce himself as the real world's champion. Whenever anyone announces that and says they're the real world champion, I automatically think of Flair. You know, I did too. And I was thinking, you know, one thing else they should have done about that, they should have grayed out the belt. Because if I remember right from back in the day, every time Flair tried to show the NWA world title on WWF TV, they blurred the picture out. They pixelated it, yeah. Good point. Great point. Yeah, they could do that. And they could do that. Punk could get upset then. He could go back to being the old punk. He's being picked on. He's being bullied. He's being, you know, the, the, the system doesn't want it. Who is it doing it back there? Is it Tony? Is it Tony's boys? You know, you could really play on this. You know, uh, you know, the voice of the voiceless almost. Exactly, David. I feel like this should be the feud going into the fall, and it should be all the way to probably full gear. They should have the matchup between CM Punk and MJF at full gear. I feel like that's a long enough time with two titles. You got to unify these things at one point. There should be only one world champion for AEW. And can you imagine a baby face MJF going into a match against a fully healed CM Punk? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that. The thing is, Collision have got so many options in both of the title race. Now they've had the success with the, um, bizarrely, with this Cole, MJF Cole um, tag team. How it's got over, I still don't know, but it's got over. And it's made me smile, even though it's like a guilty pleasure. I shouldn't be laughing at this. This is wrong, but it isn't. It's it's like, because, because of the way MJF has been. But hey, you know, and then you look at Dynamite, and Dynamite with... They're doing it again on Wednesday with another no rooms match involving Moxley. And it's just like, do you know what? I used to get so excited for Dynamite, and now I don't. Like we said at the beginning of this question, is like 
two totally different presentation from our Saturday night collision. To me, it flies by so fast. It's pretty structured and it's all enjoyable. And by the time I get to the main event, I'm like, wow, that hour and a half went by pretty fast right in the main event. Dang it. I want some more. Yep. And when I watch Dynamite, I go like, okay, I can see it's like same kind of structure, but it's not, not as enjoyable. And they try to squeeze in some extra stuff that shouldn't be there. And you know, oh, hey, okay, Orange Cassidy is going to have a match probably. He's probably going to open the show. And okay, do this guy some credit here. He's having some good run here with the international title. But one sort of Strickland should get that title off of him as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Carve you with that talk. Then you usually have your Young Buck segment. And like this past week, we didn't get the Young Bucks at all. And people were up at arms like, where are the Young Bucks? I'm going like, dude, they were in a freaking War Games match. They shouldn't be on TV for a bit. I am um, going well, one point I wanted to make was, um, I don't know whether you and Ashley have discussed it, I can't remember hearing you discuss it or not, but the state of Coach Ribushi when he came out in uh, Blood and Guts, what did you reckon? Okay, so me and Ashley talked about this, I want to say, not last week's episode on the weekend, it's the one before that, literally the one right after Blood and Guts, and we're chalking up to the fact that he flew in the day before the match, so check lag. And the fact that he was not used to the American-style presentation of TV wrestling. So that was another challenge he had to deal with. And the simple fact that this guy is really beat up and he's been away from end-day, everyday wrestling for a while. A gym, I think, is the word you're looking for. Well, David, I was trying to be super like nice about this. Nice. No, you were trying to be nice again. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I just couldn't believe it, I thought. Well, that's his head. What's the rest of it? Um, anyway, sorry, I, I, I don't mess. Let's get back to the question. Sorry. Okay, so one final question, our sixth and final standing question this week, as we are heading into the biggest event of the summer, as the WWE wants you to believe, <laughs> it's SummerSlam. David, it's Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns in the Tribal Warfare match. David, is this the end of the line for the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns? He's already defeated Thanos. He's already defeated Jaws. He's already defeated Captain Kirk. Is there anybody else for Roman to defeat? <laughs> no. No, and I don't think he I don't think he gets beat here. No, it's still not the right time. He has got to lose that belt at WrestleMania. You know, David, I feel like they get themselves painted into a corner. Like they need to drag this out to like WrestleMania forty. And no, I don't feel like Philadelphia deserves it because I'm a Cowboys fan, but they'll they're gonna get this match. <laughs> and no, I'm not gonna let this go. No. I, I, yeah, no, I take your point. Um, I forgot it was in Philly. At least it'll make, and I'm sorry to offend you, it will make for a better audience. So. I mean, I mean, Philadelphia wrestling fans are cool. I'm okay with Philadelphia wrestling fans as long as we're talking wrestling. The moment we start talking football, I will be like, I don't like you. Yeah, no, 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 I'm with you. You know I'm with you. But yeah, no, I forgot it was in Philly, so at least that's something. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a hot crowd, and I don't think you can take this title off of Roman and give it to Jay for like six months and let Roman will get this title back. It, it doesn't do Jay any service. I mean, Jay is a good character right now. He's a solid up-and-coming main-tier star that he has literally developed over the last three years. He doesn't need a token title run. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, give you a, a thought process here, Sean. If you're not going to give it to Big Drew, if you're not going to give it to Lashley, if you're not going to give it to Brock, you know, some of the legitimate big men, that you could almost understand actually finally beating Roman because they're of equal size, strength. You know, no, I'm sorry, Jay, 
I'm not, you know, James, so he's not going to convince me that he can beat Roman. Sorry. Okay. So if he doesn't defeat Roman here, does he ever need to defeat Roman? Good point. I mean, you could build it and build it and build it for WrestleMania 40. That is the only way that Roman drops the title. It's got to be at a mania. It really, really has now. You can't build Roman into this this unbeatable star. Or maybe Solo turns on him. There's maybe a Solo turn or a so- Solo will, you know, will be the man that, that if, if, they, oh, if they can do their magic with Solo and, and build him to be, you know, the next big thing. That's convincing because you can see Roman in the bloodline feud as always as given it. You know, very cleverly, he's given Solo some where he looks, looks of relief when Solo's still stuck with him, etc. You know, there's been some good stuff like that. See, to me, Solo is your way out of this mashup coming this weekend at SummerSlam. You have Solo cost Jade a title. Then you spin those two guys off into a feud. That gives you another three months of booking. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And to me, that's the only way Jay comes out of this matchup without the title. You need to protect Jay Uso while also keeping Roman in the place where you want to have Roman. Yeah, but they've done it with people like Drew. That, as I said, the three examples of Gabe Lashley and, and, and even Brock. You know, they've, they've done it with them, so they can sure as hell do it with Jay. But yeah, a, a little bit of interference um, that, you know, keeps Jay strong. Yeah, easily done that. Well, David, this brings us as to the end of the 76 questions. So, David, before we go this week on Ray Free Professional Wrestling, allow me to update the G1 tournament as we've been watching day after day. As we're recording, it's a day off all four blocks. Right now, Block A has Sonata undefeated 5-0. Your current New Japan Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion has 10 points. Yeah. Kato Kiramura, the gentleman from NOAA that I've been raving about through the whole G1 tournament, is behind him at 6 points. Then Shota Uma is also at six points. Now, I kind of got off the bandwagon of Gable Kid At the beginning of this tournament, I was pushing him as my guy, and he kind of started with zero points, and he was getting like disqualified here and there. I went like, what are you doing, dude? I'm trying to infuse you with the power of stunning, and you're not accepting the power of stunning. But he's turning around. He's in fourth place with five points in group A. Hikaleo has four points, and that's kind of surprising for me. Because I feel like the Grill is a destiny. At one point, I thought they were going to be the new stars coming to New Japan Pro Wrestling from outside of New Japan Pro Wrestling, not being Japanese. Then you have uh, Yoto Tishima with three points. And Ren Arita, the most surprising, he only has two points. He has two draws. And I'm like, I thought this was another person that was going to get pushed to the moon. Yeah, I mean, it's good. I, I've got no issue with that. Sonata being 5-0. Uh, um, I will do block B if I made you handsome devil, and then like, you, you could do C, and I will do D, because obviously I'm biased towards block B and D. Um, at the top of block B, it's the eventual winner, and no other result will, will be adequate, Will Ospreay, on joint eight points with uh, K- Kajitsuka Okada, um, absolute belter, Osprey goes over. If you haven't seen that, highly recommend that. It just shows the talent of these two guys. Um, rather surprisingly, Tai Chi's in um, third place with six points. Kenta, the fourth, surprised he's not higher. Then you've got your group makeup ones, but they are a good group. This because you've got Yoshiashi, four points, Tangaloa, four points, El Fantasmo, who Sean talked about at length last week, who's picked up two points this week. And then surprisingly, again, Sean mentioned it with Ren Narata being at the bottom of Group A. The great O'Carl is at the bottom of Group B. 
You cannot never go by your G1 bookings. You know, the Great Ocon, I feel like he's kind of like the Great Wall. It's starting to crumble. Okay, he didn't, he didn't like my joke, okay? As you say, Group B is the group that should never happen because it's like this murderous row of people in one group. Group of death. Okay, allow me to go to Group C. We will call this the Fit Finley Memorial Group as David Finley is carrying the day here with eight points. He's four and one. Now, David, how on the planet is Evil four and one that has eight points? I mean, like, you've seen one Evil match, you've seen them all. I like Evil, I'm sorry. I think it's just the eye. It's the eye thing for me. I like, I like, I like Evil. I'm sorry. But you've got two of my favorites in this group in Evil and Eddie Kingston. Okay, so Tamatana is at seven points. He's in third place, which is a good showing for him, especially for the fact that he had that major knee injury and they weren't sure he was going to be back for this tournament. So hats off there. And then our one of our favorites, Eddie Kingston, he has, he's having a good showing for his first G1. He's at six points. He's in the middle of the group. And if you haven't seen the Stone Pit Bull versus Eddie Kingston match yet, do yourself a favor. Go watch this match. Yeah. Okay, Shango Tanadi is having an okay tournament for him. He's at five points. He's in fifth place. And Mikey Nichols, another guy I've been revving about for the last two weeks as I'm watching the G1, he's at two points. His matches are better than his point standing, but I can see why you can't push everybody in this G1 tournament. You can only push so many new people. And we got Hernari, who I feel like is going to be a star one day for this company as he's at two points. He has one victory. And Toro Ishii, the Stone Pitbull, only has two points. This is strange. When you look at the last place in all the four blocks, it's ridiculous. Um, block D, now, there's a battle in Sumi, even though Jeff Cobb got the better of him during the week. Um, Cobb and ZSJ, both at the top with eight points. Again, you recommend, you, you were shouting at me from the moment this um, match took place, go see Cobb versus ZSJ. It's a great big man, little man uh, match. And this is a real group of death because you've got Naito and Tanahashi. I mean, the ace on a three for two record, you wouldn't have expected that. Um, Goto, only four points. Um, Shane Hayes, four points. Yeah, I'm not Shane Hayes fan. Alex Coughlin, only on two points. One of their very own development wrestlers. And here's another shot last in this group. All four, the last, you know, I don't know whether they're going to spin the tables upside down before the end of the tournament, but Toriano is only on two points. But as long as ZSJ gets through, that's all that matters. Well, you know, David, Yano is probably going on eBay right now trying to sell all the rolls of tape he has because he defeated Jeff Cobb, and Jeff Cobb is kind of ticked off about it. Well, you know, ZSJ is winning. Well, we're going to bring this episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling to a close, David. And before we go, allow me to introduce you to this second podcast and the family that is Radio Free Professional Wrestling. As me and Ashley have decided to do a AEW Weekend Review show, and we're calling it the Double Clothesline AEW Weekend Review. It will be coming out Sundays for you. So it'll be in its own feed. I'm going to drop the first episode into the Radio Free Professional Wrestling feed. So you have a listen, but me and Ashley are going to do a show fully dedicated to AEW wrestling because she is a super fan of All Elite Wrestling, and I think it's going to be highly entertaining. Really? Does she drink much? I haven't asked her that question, David, but I feel like you two will get along pretty well. I don't, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm down with that. I, I'm down with that. So, my friends, going forward, you're going to get a Ray Free Professional Wrestling show 
on Mondays as I preview the week ahead and give you my thoughts on everything in the world for professional wrestling. And I'm going to do a special episode for like premium live events. That's why I want to make this free free professional wrestling on Monday thing happen as I can review the shows after it happens for you a little bit closer. And we give you a second show where it's just me and Ashley talking about the thing that she enjoys the most was this all elite wrestling. So I feel like this is going to be a win-win. Well, I think for the big shows, we get the three of us together and see what happens. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how you and her work together. I feel like this is going to work. And I don't know if we can do it for all in or all out, but we need to. At least do one, just for a heck of it. Yeah, I think I think, I think um, I think that would be a good starting point, all in and all out. Um, David, before we go, I got a response from Team Canada. Did he see the response for Team Canada at the Churchill Cup Tag Team Challenge? Yeah, I have. Yes, sure, yes, I have. Team Canada. Team Canada. I'll just summarize this for you. First of all, they want a special referee because they feel like they will not receive a fair treatment between the two of us. They want to have Brad the Dad as the special guest referee for this. Why do we need a special guest referee? Let them have it. Let them have it. Let them have it. Let them, sure. Let them have what they want because then they've got no excuses. There's no comeback. You know, okay, fine. We'll let them have a special guest for referee. Brad can come on. He can adjudicate any miscue that might happen on their part. Yes, yeah, I'm good with that. Mike Minion's going to stuff them. We're going to stuff them so hard. We're going to hit them so hard, so fast. They'll think less around it. You know what they're going to call their team? It's rated RK Chapier. I'm like rolling my eyes at this right now. I wouldn't even roll my eyes. I just said, uh, no, no, anyway. Oh, you know my feelings up lately. Well, guys, we accept your terms and conditions. We do. And you think Brad's going to save the day for you? I got news for you. It's not going to happen. Um, Brad, me, you, we'll talk soon. I'm open to negotiations here if I need to. Just saying. I've got a little message for you, boys. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been David the Smart Mart. I'm Stunny Sean. This has been Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And until I see you this weekend for your SummerSlam preview show and our debut of the Double Clothesline podcast, stay stunning, unless your name, Greg or Randy. Christina here. On behalf of the guys, thanks for listening. Like the show, do us a favor and share it with a friend. Have a stunning question? Email it to the show at RadioFreeProWrestling at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Radio Free Pro Wrestling. Stay stunningly.